During my senior year of seminary, uh, I dreamt about the future a lot. And for those of you that know me, and I, I think I've even mentioned this in a sermon, uh, I have a really hard time being in the here and now, in the present, uh, because I'm, so, I'm always thinking about the future. I'm dreaming about the future, planning for the future, wondering about the future, uh, thinking what's next. Uh, but senior year, I, I especially did that in seminary because uh, in our national church body, you don't send out a resume, you don't send out your application uh, for a job. They just, you graduate and they assign you to your first position. And so the, the whole time, I'm, my senior year, all I'm thinking about is where Ann and I are going to be. Where are we going to be? What congregations uh, is it going to be? What state is it going to be in? What kind of pastor am I going to be? Uh, am I going to be a preaching pastor, a teaching pastor? Am I going to be an outreach pastor? Uh, what, where am I going to be? What am I going to be doing? And finally, that day came in May, uh, when I graduated, they said, you're going to Liberty Hill, Texas to start a church. And I was excited. And, and then I, the next two months, until the middle of July, uh, I just dreamt about what it would be like to get here. I dreamt about telling people about Jesus. I dreamt about building people up in Jesus. I dreamt about uh, telling people the peace that Jesus offers us and seeing people understand it, be at peace, not be afraid to, to die, not, not be filled with guilt. And, and I just dreamt about telling people about that. And then I got here. Uh, and it was not what I was expecting. Not Liberty Hill itself, but being the pastor of a startup church, a mission church. I got here and I had to decide, first of all, what were we going to name it? That was extremely uh, stressful. <laughs> and then I had to figure out how we were going to do worship without live musicians. I had to figure out the licensing for music because you can't just play music in worship. You have to have license. So where do we get that? How do we record it? What happens? Uh, I had to figure out uh, what kind of worship style we were going to do. I had to figure out if we're going to do a projector, and if so, how are we going to do it? What program are we going to use? Uh, all of this went into it. And not to mention, I had to figure out how to convince people to come to a storefront to worship when there was five of us and, and convince them that we weren't a cult. <laughs> because it, at the time, it was Ann, me, Jerry, Laura, and Christian. That was the five of us. And uh, to bring people here into a storefront and say, hey, come worship with us, uh, looks a little uh, weird when there's only five of you. <laughs> so it wasn't what we were expecting. And on top of it, our moving trunk didn't come for uh, a whole month. So we were sleeping on an air mattress. We went out and bought an, an air couch, a blow-up couch. Uh, we had a, a small little TV, no pots and pans, uh, only the clothes that could fit in our car. Uh, it was a crazy time. And as I began this journey, I remember at one point looking to Ann and saying, I just don't know what to do. I'm, I'm confused. I'm overwhelmed. And what does the future hold for us here? But as you know, God's blessed us abundantly. Uh, and, and now here we are, uh, three and a half years later, and it, we don't want to be anywhere else, and it is the perfect place, and I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do. I don't think it matters if you're a dreamer or a planner. We all think about the future, don't we? And we all have expectations for the future. But what happens when those expectations don't come? When, when the opposite of those expectations happen? Christmas is in, in just a couple days, and I'm sure that there's gifts already underneath the tree. And what if uh, that gift that's on the top of your list 
doesn't come this Christmas. Everyone knows what's on the top of your list. You're expecting it to be under the tree, but what if it's not there? Filled with disappointment? Kind of bummed? That marriage that you started out with so many dreams, so many hopes, uh, so many expectations, uh, so many dreams about living and having kids and, and retiring and, and being together, uh, all that expectations just went out the, out the door as you found out that your spouse just cheated on you. Now what? Where does that leave you? Confused? Hurt? Overwhelmed? Wondering what's next? You begin a new job and you're expecting it to be better, you're expecting it to be more fun, you're expecting to get better pay, but what happens when you, you start it and you realize it's not what you expected? Now you're hurt, confused, wondering what, what next? You go to the doctor for an annual checkup, an annual physical, and, and you feel fine, everything's great, and yet you get those test results back and, and it's not good. Now what? You're fearful. You're scared. What's next? What if, the, what if the treatment doesn't work? We've all been in positions where life hasn't been what we've expected. Where things happen where we haven't been expecting it. Because that's what happens in life. Life hardly ever turns out the way we expect it to. And that's your first point today. Life hardly turns out the way we expect. Uh, and we see it in our lives, and we see it in Joseph's life today. Joseph was uh, the man who was pledged to be married to Mary, the mother of Jesus. So if you remember, pledged mean, meant more than just engaged. They had already signed the marriage documents, and they, they were getting ready to have the, the reception, and then they'd go home as husband and wife. So they were legally married, but they didn't go home together as husband and wife yet. Uh, and so they were living apart from each other. And, and Joseph was getting ready and getting all those things ready for the reception. And I'm sure he was dreaming about his life with Mary. If you've ever been engaged, if you've ever gotten married, uh, you can remember when you were engaged and you just dreamt about the future. What is our life going to look like? And I'm sure Joseph did the same thing. Maybe he dreamt about that day when he'd take Mary home as his wife and they would move into that little tiny house in Nazareth. Yes, it was small and homey, but they would make it their home. Uh, they would decorate it and it would be theirs. It'd, it'd be in Nazareth, it'd be a small, quiet little place, uh, but all their friends were there, all their family was there, uh, and, and it would be a good place to raise kids. It was going to be good. Maybe Joseph dreamt about his carpentry business uh, taking off and, and uh, he'd just have business after business after business. Maybe he saw uh, Mary and him having kids and maybe one would be a boy that would uh, take over the family business, be interested in carpentry and, and be able to uh, grow the business with dad as father and son work together. Maybe Joseph looked into the future and he saw that retirement day when he could sit in the rocking chair with Mary in the mornings, drink his coffee, and, and watch the sunrise and sunset as they rocked in the chairs that he made her for their 40th wedding anniversary. I don't know that this is what Joseph expected, but I think it's fair to guess that maybe it was. But no matter what Joseph expected for his life, it didn't turn out like he expected. Because Mary was found to be with child. 
Here's what happens. We're in Matthew chapter 1. And uh, Matthew is one of Jesus' disciples. And he wrote uh, a book called uh, Matthew. It's a gospel. the biography of Jesus. And here we see how Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. This was not what Joseph was expecting for his life. No matter what he was expecting, this couldn't be it. Because he didn't expect Mary to cheat on him, or at least appear to cheat on him. Joseph knew what Mary said. Yes, I know, Mary, you said that an angel appeared to you. Yes, I know the angel supposedly told you that the Holy Spirit was working behind the scenes. He was going to conceive in you the baby Jesus, and he was going to be the Messiah. I know that's what you say, but come on, Mary. This doesn't happen. And so it looked like Mary cheated on him. Joseph is living his worst nightmare. Uh, his fiance, or His spouse cheated on him, broke his trust, and now he's left wondering, what next? Joseph, uh, even in the midst of all this hurt, even in the midst of all this brokenness, he's still a, a, a good guy, and he doesn't want to expose her to public disgrace. And so he says, I'm too hurt, I can't go on with this relationship, but I'm going to divorce her quietly so that nobody finds out about it. And I wonder if Joseph is left there thinking, what now? I wonder if he's overwhelmed, hurt, maybe scared. Everything he expected in life, everything he had dreamt about is now gone. That's it. Because Mary seems to have cheated on him. He's hurt, he's overwhelmed. What next? We've been there, right? Whether it's job loss, whether it's financial crisis, whether it's friends cutting us out of their lives, uh, whether it's uh, a miscarriage, infertility, whether it's a, a death in the family, whether it's a cheating spouse. We, we've all been in a situation where we said, this isn't what I expected to happen. Now what? We've been overwhelmed. We've been confused. We've been hurt. What now, God? And we know we can turn to the promises of God in the Bible and, and we can see that God says, don't worry, every, I'm going to work everything out for your good. And we can see that promise and we can say, yeah, Lord, I know you say that, but how can I not worry when the money that I was counting on didn't come in? How, how can I not worry when the people I was, were relying on are gone now? How can I not worry when the test results just came back and they aren't good? How can I not worry? We're left confused, hurt, worried. We're left overwhelmed, wondering what next and why. I think it's fair to say Joseph was probably in that situation. Why do these things happen? And it's a fair question. The answer? Sin. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned, ever since they disobeyed God, they ate from the tree, sin has been in the world like a virus. And, and sin has one goal in mind, and that is destruction. Destruction of God's creation and, and destruction of everything that is good. 
And so anything you consider good, sin is trying to destroy it. And it's trying to, to kill it. And sin is not just a choice. Sin is in us, like I said, like a virus. And it's in us, it's in other people, and it's in the world. There are seven, other, seven billion other people in the planet, and their choices, their sinful actions, uh, affect us. They affect our plans. They affect our dreams. They affect what we see the future and expect the future to be. Their decisions, whether they're good or bad, can impact us. Why do babies get cancer? Why do bad things happen to good people? It's because sin is in the world trying to destroy everything good. Sin just is in this universe. And maybe the, mo- the, the hardest one to accept is taking responsibility for our part in it all. Because whether we want to admit it or not, we've done things that have hurt others. We've said things that have impacted people and caused them to hurt, be overwhelmed, confused. Why would someone say that to them? Why would someone do that? We've participated in the evil that's in the world too and we have failed to do the good that God wants us to do. We have caused hurt to others as well. We've participated in this this big amount of evil that is in the world. We've caused other people to say, what now? Sin is so per- pervasive, so in the world that just the perception of sin hurts. Just when, when it appears that someone sinned, it hurts us, right? Because that's what's going on here. Mary didn't sin in this instance. She didn't cheat on Joseph. She's telling the truth. But what's it look like? It looks like she sinned. It looks like she cheated. And it hurts. I wonder if this night when, when Joseph went to sleep, I wonder if he, he laid down at night and said, Lord, save me. Save me from all this. Let me wake up and let it just be a bad dream. Take this all away. Well, here's what happened that night. But after he had considered this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. What did God do? God intervenes and restores hope by giving Joseph what he needed. And what did Joseph need? He needed to be reassured that Mary didn't cheat on him. Because he was about to cause more hurt, more confusion, more, now what? Because when he divorced Mary, Mary would be sitting there thinking, what now? Now I'm pregnant, I'm telling the truth, and now I don't know what's going on in life. Now I'm hurt. And God says, no, 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 Joseph. What Mary says is true. The Holy Spirit has conceived in her a baby. And that baby is going to save his people from their sins. 
See, Joseph, what you need is not for your life to turn out how you expect it to turn out. That's not what you need. What you need, Joseph, is a Savior. Someone who is going to take care of the problem, the the root of every problem that you have. And that Savior, that hero, is in the womb of Mary, just like she said. How many of you uh, are superhero fans? Watch the movies, Marvel, DC. Yeah, Debbie, I see your hand back there. You can raise it uh, nice and high. (laughs) Uh, How many of you know who Ben Affleck is? All of us? Uh, Ben Affleck is currently playing uh, Batman in DC's Justice League. And last November, uh, USA Today came out with an article, and he was interviewed in it. And here's what he says about the superhero movies. He said, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, from natural to man-made disasters, and it's really scary. Part of the appeal of this genre is wished fulfillment. Wouldn't it be nice if there was somebody who could save us from all this, save us from ourselves, save us from the consequences of our actions, and save us from people who are evil? You see, people in the world, whether they admit the Bible is true or not, they realize what the Bible says. And that, that, that there's evil in this world. And notice, he covered all three that we did. There's evil in us, there's evil in other people, and there's evil just in the world. Natural or man-made disasters. They might not call it sin, but they realize what we realize, that there is sin in the world, that there's evil in the world, and we need to be saved from it. And Ben's right. Wouldn't it be nice if there was someone who could save us from it all? And we know that there was. And that someone was in the womb of Mary. That someone was born in Bethlehem. His name was Jesus because he was going to save his people from their sins. Do exactly what we needed, which is save us from all the evil that's in the world, including the evil in ourselves. And that's what Jesus accomplished. He died on the cross, and when he died, he not just won a battle, he won the war against sin and against the devil. There, your sins were completely forgiven. There, you are free from your sins. There, sin ended. And now, you may not know what to expect in life. You may, your life might not turn out how you expected, but the end of your life will turn out exactly how you expect. And that is, you will walk through the gates of heaven and be with Jesus forever. Because He won the war. Your hero saved you from your sins. And you can expect to be in heaven with him because you will. This is what our hero has done. He, he, he's done what we needed, and that is to save us from the problem or the, the root of all of our problems. But I wonder if Joseph received this news and, and, and was even more overwhelmed, more confused. And more wondering with his hands up in the air saying, okay, well, now what? Now I'm raising God? Now I'm taking Mary home as my wife? What are people going to think? Everyone knows she's pregnant. Everyone knows that uh, we haven't become husband and wife uh, in our culture's eyes. So now my reputation is going to be dragged across the mud because I have to take Mary home as my wife. Now what? And God gave Joseph a promise, and he gives us the same promise. And that is Emmanuel, God with us. 
So here's your last point today. Now what? Emmanuel. Did Joseph know how his life was going to turn out? No. Did he know what the future held? No. Uh, was he overwhelmed? Yes. Did he know how to raise God? No. He had no answers about the future. He, he's kind of this, this shoveled guy just going along with it and, and saying, okay, now what? But he had God's promise, Emmanuel, God with us. You see, in Joseph, we see a little bit of ourselves, right? We don't have it all together. We don't know what the future holds. We have no idea what to expect. Uh, what we expect for our life probably won't turn out how we expect it to. And, and, and yet, God sends us Emmanuel, God with us. Our Christmas plans might not end up how we expect it to be. Uh, we might be tempted to be disappointed, frustrated. But Emmanuel, God with us. We may want to spend uh, Christmas with family or with certain people, and, and yet we're not going to be able to this Christmas. But Emmanuel, God with us. We may not get the results we want back from the doctor, and it may be scary, and we may be overwhelmed, but God with us. We may end up losing a job, we may get fired, we may get laid off, but Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Christmas is all about. Our God gives us what we need, and that is we need a Savior. We need a Savior from our sin, and that's exactly what Jesus did. And then He leaves us with a promise. Yes, you don't know what to expect in life, but here is what you can count on. Emmanuel, God with us in every situation. God be with you this Christmas as you find joy in this baby Jesus, that He saved you from your sins, and that Emmanuel, God is with us in every situation. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we praise and thank You that uh, You saved us from our sins and that You are now with us no matter what comes in life. Uh, we thank You that uh, we don't have to worry about life because You promised to be with us no matter what. We thank You for uh, giving us the expectation that when we die we'll be in heaven with You and we know we will because You have saved us from our sins. Let us find joy and peace this Christmas in the fact that You are always with us and that You have saved us from our sins. Amen. Part of the privilege